Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. This past weekend might have been one of the most important and consequential announcements in the history of Westgate Church. This past weekend, Steve Clifford and Jay Kim shared the stage and talked a little bit about succession, about what it means for Steve um, in this next season, and um, how the elders unanimously voted and affirmed Jay Kim as uh, the next lead pastor uh, at Westgate Church. Now, it doesn't mean Steve's going anywhere, uh, at least not in the short term. Um, Steve's going to be around. He's going to be preaching a ton at the Saratoga campus. He's going to be helping Jay with the transition, helping with staff, doing leadership development and coaching, and all sorts of other stuff. But it does mean that the helm and the mantle of leadership was transferred. Is transferred from Steve to Jay, just like it was transferred from Elijah to Elisha, or from Paul to Timothy, or David Robinson to Tim Duncan after the 1999 season. I always make sports analogies. It helps me. It makes sense in my head. Maybe that does not help you. Regardless, we're here to talk about that. So I sat down with Steve and with Jay and just had a conversation about that process, about what it was like. Now, as you'll find out in the conversation, this has been going on for years. This is a years-long conversation that moved really slowly because it's really important to get these kinds of things right. And as you know from probably reading the news or maybe your own personal experiences, sometimes these leadership transitions can go funky and sideways. They can go really wrong. Egos get in the way, weird things get, it's just, it can go really weird. But I think you'll see in our interview as Steve and Jay talk candidly about this transition that uh, these guys have done a lot of work. And this has been a long process for both of them that has been filled with joy and um, you'll see, I think, in the interview, a commitment not only to each other, but also to the church. It's just really cool. I've had the honor of knowing these guys for almost a decade now. Jay as a very close friend and Steve as both a mentor and a boss. And it is an exciting time. So I just had a conversation and a sit down with these two guys. It's a little bit like inside baseball for leadership transitions, but I think you'll enjoy it. And I think in the end, you'll see that both of these guys have incredible passion and hope and incredible vigor for not only each other and for their friendship and relationship, but also for the church. It's just an exciting time. So with that, let's dive into my conversation with Stephen Jay. This is a, a special, a special one. This special is special edition. Special edition. This is uh, Steve Clifford and Jay Kimmer here, and yes, uh, we are. We're we're here to talk about um, some. Uh, in some ways, it's a very big change. In other ways, it's not a very big change, which makes it super unique. And that's just what you guys talked about this past weekend, which is um, this this kind of plan, this progression of uh, kind of what's next for Westgate, and uh, I don't even know how to talk about it except yeah I, <laughs> it's it's unique because it's rare um it's not unique because it's out of the norm I, I would say that so it's rare because number one people rarely stick around long enough for this to kind of come to fruition number two um we don't know how to to do it and it's right. usually and it usually goes kind of south 
And so um, because of that, but I think that there, you know, as we talked about on the weekend, um, there's a normative transition that I think is a part of age and a part of life that that should be, it actually should be very much the normative that that built into the structure of transitions are is a generational wisdom and and a benefit that everybody gets. But usually we pair off like we do um, generationally, and uh, we don't we don't have the benefit of of these transitions and the uh, staying power of both the young and the old. So yeah. And the other thing that that's fairly unique in this is that um, this was an in-house kind of an in-house hire. I mean, this is a, a the, there's the there's two philosophies on on leadership, and you see this at like Harvard, and they debate this. Is one is you go out and get an outside expert that's a pro, and you bring them into the org, and the other is kind of the farm system, like the the Yankees versus the Boston Red Sox, right? The Yankees go and get the All Star, and the Boston Red Sox recruit from their farm system. This is kind of farm system. I mean, Jay was on staff. He was here. Like, uh, was that part of your thinking, Steve? Did you want to, is that, were you thinking that consciously or was this just? Well, we've always been more of a farm system. There's always been, um, by God's grace, um, by God's grace, he's allowed us to to recruit um, great, great team members on the staff. And so there's always been, Behind the scenes, there was always been this kind of what if. The joke is, what if Clifford get hits, gets hit by a beer truck, right? I've said this joke a hundred times. Why does it have to be a and beer truck? Did you just, I just think a beer it, truck? You just didn't want a, yeah, truck. a beer truck. I just thought if I'm going to go out quick, <laughs> that that would be a funny headline. I just, I just thought it'd be fun. Okay. And, and it doesn't matter to me since I'm going to be in heaven anyway. So a beer, <laughs> a beer truck seems fun. Um but but there's always been the understanding that was that there was somebody in the bullpen hmm. uh, that could take the mantle at least temporarily and and possibly permanently um, that allowed us to continue on. The the vision has always been bigger than one life. Yeah. See, that's the, God has called us to change our city. We're not going to get that done through one church. And we're not going to get that done through one guy. Yeah, it's it's always been bigger than one life, and so um, the great joy was um, back before 2018, probably sometime in 2017. I became convinced. I just couldn't let it go. I became convinced that Jay Kim was the guy, and I didn't talk to him initially. I prayed with, over it. I talked to my wife only. I didn't talk to anybody else. I was like, I, but I just felt like this is the deal. So you held on to that for like a, a while, at least six months wow. before I couldn't stand it any longer. And I <laughs> called Jay and had had lunch with him and just said, I know this is like out of the blue, just craziness. And I know that you're doing well where you're at, but would you consider coming back? So at the um, time, Jay, Jay was at Vintage leading with Kimball. He was on staff left to lead vintage. And that was kind of a growth edge for you, Jay, wasn't it? That the idea that you wanted to grow and flex a little bit of your leadership capacity, grow into leading a local church instead of being um, just kind of transitioning there. Is that, is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, The, my office here at Westgate 
Saratoga that, that I'm sitting in right now as we're having this call. I, I remember it was in May of 2016. I'd been on staff at Westgate for a couple of years as a teaching pastor and working with life groups. Um, it was May of 2016. And it's so crazy. Steve was on, you were either on sabbatical or it was like your longer summer break. I think it might've been a sabbatical. Yeah. 2016 and, would have been sabbatical. Yeah. And, uh, but Steve knew before he went on sabbatical that I I'd had this offer from vintage to come, you know, and vintage is a sister church of ours. We have a great relationship there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I had this offer from them to come over and sort of co-lead the church alongside a dear friend of all of ours, Dan Kimball. And I had actually said no to them previously. I didn't want to leave Westgate. I loved my job. I tell people all the time, it was a real dream job. I mean, Steve and the elders here let me kind of do the stuff I really love, you know, most of our jobs, if you hit like 75%, yeah, you're doing yeah. stuff what that you love. It's like that's a dream job. I, I was probably at like ninety percent. Most of what I did, I was like, oh, I would do this for free. Uh, so, but it, I had a real strong sense, a surprising sense at the time, unexpected uh, sense that there was some there was some leadership desire, not ability, leadership desire and longing in me that I um, wanted to just see through you know like i I felt like and it it really was surprising i I just i always up to that point mostly thought of myself as a teacher but god started doing something in me like you know I, i i want you to not teach for the sake of teaching i want you to explore what it would be like to teach for the sake of leading you know a community serving and leading a community in a particular direction and so uh, I, I remember, I feel so bad about this even now. I remember telling Steve, even though he was on sabbatical, and then Steve actually came in to this office. It was a conference room at the time. We sat in this office and um, took a break from a sabbatical. I felt so bad. And we had like a long hour, hour and a half conversation about it, about what God, what I felt God was doing in me. I remember telling Steve, I don't really want to leave Westgate. I love it here. I want to be here for a long time, but I also have this opportunity and I sort of can't ignore this thing that I can't shake. You know, I'm staying up at night just thinking about, man, I, there's no way I'm going to learn how to lead unless I go out there and stumble my way through it for a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, it was a long conversation. It was really uh, beautiful, but really difficult um, because it was pretty clear in that conversation. Steve was really encouraging and, and, he kind of even hinted like, Hey, I see that stuff in you and who knows what could happen here, but not right now. Like it's not going to happen now. Right. Which right call. So it became clear in that conversation that God was calling me to go to vintage. And I I thought what that I grieved it in some ways, because I, I thought what that meant was I'm going to vintage for the next 20 years, you know? And I was excited about it. Of course, you know, I love vintage. I still do still go over there every now and then all three of us do actually yeah, yeah. Such a relationship with them but uh you know so I, I i thought this is it you know i'm gonna pack up my stuff and and i'll still have a great relationship with westgate but i i won't be back here you know i'll have had a two-year run and then i'll i'll go and then my i was on staff at vintage for four years and they were god did what he said he would do which was help me at least begin sharpening and honing stuff in my toolbox that 
I just had never touched. Right. And I, God right. did that through pain and through struggle. And it was really hard. And I cried a lot and I don't cry that much, but I cried a lot and had to have conversations that I just did not know how to have. And, uh, but now looking back, I'm so grateful. And then, yeah, God orchestrated things in ways that were really surprising to me. Two years into my time at Vintage, like Steve said, he calls me. We, we'd been having lunch pretty regularly anyways, but at one of these lunches, I think it was at Moe's in Almaden. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not even Moe's anymore. It's Mr. Uh, Mojitos. He shut it down. It, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, he drops this bomb on me, and uh, that was three and a half years ago or something, and here we are. So. Long time prior. In some ways, and Jay, I know you'll appreciate this because you're a big uh, NBA basketball fan. It's like LeBron leaving Cleveland to go to Miami, getting his experience in the crucible there, and then coming back home. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not LeBron level. It's more no. like uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a mediocre player that no one would know. But, uh, yeah, in it some is. Ways, it, it's like Daniel Booby Gibson going to Houston <laughs> and then coming back to Cleveland. That is oh, so man. obscure. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does feel like a homecoming for sure. I will yeah. say that. It does feel like a homecoming. Yeah, I, I would jump in and say, um, and I mean this sincerely, that I believe Jay is the exact guy for us. Yeah. And that there are, that Westgate's best days are all in front of us. And um, what I love is that our relationship is strong enough and um, his own leadership ego is strong enough that he's not asking me to leave. I mean, that I'm just changing roles. Um, uh, as, I, as, as we spoke about on the weekend, you know, I'm just, I'm going into this guardianship role that, that actually that does, that's just not even, it puts weird things to it, but just so that I'm, I'm a resource, uh, we do it so poorly so often that we don't even have really a good word for what to call me. <laughs> so maybe we'll come up with one. Um, but I look, I mean, I'm really excited about, about the bandwidth and the leadership ceiling for both of you guys and many others on the staff. And, and the fact that Jay is moving forward and I'll still be around, but Mark and Lisa are still around and Dana's still around and Dan's still around. And, I mean, a lot of the leadership team that I've come to rely on that have saved me from stupid mistakes throughout the years are going to do the same thing for Jay. And, and yet he's got to make his own decision. So I'm, I'm super excited about the future. And he may not be LeBron um, because, you know, there's only one of those guys, but I believe he is the perfect person provided for us. I mean, I, 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 I know a lot of pastors and I'm fairly well connected around and I wouldn't pick anybody else. Hmm. I, and trust me, uh, if we, there was no need to go national. Um, when we began the process with Jay, it was, it was obvious to us as elders that we had a national candidate already and he was right here. Right. Now, Steve, just a, a question. And I'll ask Jay this too. There's, obviously a knitting not just relationally but there's there's value systems there's that's what we mean by farm system it's like there's a sense in which this person fits within the culture uh, there's the similar values um all those kinds of things are critically important on leadership uh, obviously jay's a different human than you but there's some value thread that's not just the same but like thick and the same 
Like, is that just because, wh- where did you know that that was the case? Is that just because Jay worked here for, for those years? And then those kind of common, because churches, that's not necessarily always the case, right? Oh, no, that doesn't just happen. But you, you've got to remember, we're 36 plus months of working together in the trenches on a daily basis, crafting sermons, crafting meetings, crafting staff decisions, crafting and wrestling with uh, vision and direction. He's been, he's been part of hundreds of those, yeah. hundreds. And so when you think about that, um, that breadth gives a conviction of unity. But here's what I want to say too. Jay is a completely different leader than I am. And he's going to lead in completely different ways, as effective and more um, effective. But they're going to be different. He is his personality is different than me. He is so much of a, a better thinker and um, than me. But he's not as fired up as me, you know. So he's not going to come in and yell and say, "Come on, let's go." He's he's but he's going to be um, the the kind of leader that's probably going to serve us better at some point long term anyway. So. It's not that I was looking for someone to lead like me. Um, it was someone that I it was I was looking for someone that I believed was best for Westgate, hmm. and that in a cultural way already fit. And you got to understand, this is not a guess. I already know he fits. Right. You've had hundreds of hundreds of hours of test test uh, data test cases. Yeah. And trust me, Jay and I, over the two years before he joined our staff over a year ago, we had buku meetings talking about what ifs, the worst case scenarios, what would you do? How would you handle it? What would you say? And um, in each of those situations, God's affirming grace over this um, has been evident for both of us. Wow, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I would just add that uh, a part of it too is the story of Westgate um, has been impacting me just as a follower of Jesus, and then as a as a church leader for way longer than I've been a part of Westgate. You know, I, I before we started recording, we were I was just reminiscing with you guys the story. I was a an undergrad student at what was then San Jose Christian College. It's now Jessup University. It's up near Sacramento now, but at the time, this is early 2000s, San Jose Christian College had a campus downtown. I was like a student at that campus. And as a part of, you know, my program, I had to go to chapels every week. And I remember this is probably like 2003 or something like that, 2002, 2003. And at these chapels, a a couple of times, um, Steve came and spoke at these chapels. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't know Westgate. I didn't know Steve, but I remember really being sort of captured by Steve's vision for Christian leadership, for what it means to be a church that's for the city, um, to be missional and evangelistic, Uh, you know, his desire to give so much away outside the walls of our church, like the genesis of things like Beautiful Day and all of our global efforts, as well as this longing to to be a church that helps people become like Jesus, you know, through these three loves. I remember him talking about this and I'm, t- I'm talking 2002, 2003, like very early, very early, right. Tenure as the lead guy there. And I just remember being so captured by that vision as a student, as a college student in my very early twenties. And so I started following Westgate along right around then. And 
And right around then, I became a youth pastor at another local church in town and um, started to develop friendships with the guys that were leading youth ministry here at Westgate at the time, because I, I just had this real strong sense that, man, there's a church in our area that's getting after it in a way that really resonates with me. So since the early 2000s, long before I was ever a part of Westgate, I was like learning, you know, mm -hmm. from this church, not just Steve, but so many of you who were a part of this church back then, you know, yeah. and, um, and then eventually in 2012, uh, the guy who had been the, the student ministries and college ministries pastor at Westgate, who was a dear friend of mine, guy named Ryan Ingram, he, he decided to plant a church out of Westgate, Westgate's first church plant called Awakening. And I was asked, he asked me and my wife to be a part of that church plant. So when we started, Ryan and I were the only full-time staff at Awakening Church. And Westgate was like paying a big portion of our salary. That's the way they supported us. And so uh, we didn't have an elder board at the time. So we had, because we were a young church plant, we had what was called an advisory council with um, three local church pastors and Steve was on that council. And that's, that was 2012. That's when I first started interacting with Steve at these early once a month, 6 a.m. meetings at Orchard Valley Coffee in downtown oh, Campbell. Yeah. And I remember yeah. thinking at the time, Steve would ask us all these questions about what we were doing at Awakening and why. And I just, again, I was just captivated by his vision for what it means to be a church that is forming people into the image of Christ and um, for the city and for the world. And so you guys just have to know this story for me is like two decades long. Right. It's going so back. I, right. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been on staff at Westgate that long, but Westgate's influence on me as a, a, a follower of Jesus and a church leader is like nearly two decades old. That's why I think in many ways, some of the DNA stuff, some of the like, does Jake get it and understand our culture? The only reason I do is because it's two decades old for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know that a lot of people know that part of the story. You know, yeah. it's not something yeah. I shared on Sunday, but uh, yeah, my connection to Westgate has been almost half my life. So yeah. uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And that relation, like you said, that relational, the feel, all that, it's just, it's, it's almost irreplaceable. You can't duplicate that stuff. Um, it just, or it just seems like almost impossible to. So in that way, it's just kind of, in, in some ways, it's like a continuing, it reminds me of like when the Spurs or the <laughs> Patriots build like a culture and it just keeps, you know, I, I, I use sports metaphors because it's Steve and he's a coach, yeah. right? So do you feel well, that way? I just is well, I, I just want to, I would tell you, as I heard Jay talk, um, I am so humbled and thankful for the process. I, I you know, um, as I said early, earlier on the, in the weekends that uh, when I came here, I just, I wasn't even sure I could do the job. I was just hoping I didn't get fired, you know, and then very early on it, it seemed like i had slipped my hand into a glove that really fit and and who i was and who westgate was was a good match and then i started thinking maybe i could make it long enough to build a good team here and and i and and then i but even even then it was still only five or six seven years you know and i thought 
that would be forever, you know, because pastors don't usually stick around a, a fraction of that long. And then when somewhere around 10 or 11 years, I thought I started thinking, well, I could, by God's grace, I could finish here. I love this place. I, I love what we're doing. I love the people around me. I could finish here. And um, I'm just, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't. I can't, I can't believe God has been so gracious to me and to Dana that, that, I, that the elders and I joined, joined hands and, and prayed hard and Jay said yes. And, and now we're moving into what I think is going to be um, just the finest hours yeah. that, that Jesus will, Jesus through the efforts of Westgate and other churches, of course, not just Jay and, and the community here, but but through us, for sure, alongside others, that Jesus, um, Jesus will be more famous, and that I get to still stick around and, and invest in younger leadership and, and and invest in what's going on, and yet change my role and, quite honestly, work a little bit less. I'm ready to work a little less. So I'm, I'm humbled. I and so grateful. It's like living the dream, man. Hmm. That's so cool. Uh, as you as you guys both reflect on this, it seems in a in a world full of division, in a world full of weird factions, unity is a word you both have used. Being of one mind is a word that you've used together. Um, uh, how is there is there is there a scripture or a, a thing that has been central in that? And, and what encouragement can you have for 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 the entire church as we move forward? Hopefully, with the same spirit of this unity is rare. I think it's almost miraculous. It feels like only the spirit of God can do this kind of thing. Because, you know, left to, to ourselves, we're, we, we turn factious and weird. Um, what's been helping you through that? Well, uh, it's, it's not an accident that the Apostle John records Jesus's last moments before being arrested. And that um, we know that Jesus's heart there was, man, if these guys, the church is a great idea. This is God's idea. It's going to be great. We're going to pour gifts and the Holy Spirit into them, and they're going to be a powerful thing. But the, but the thing that's going to make it, make it unique and make it powerful is that they would have unity mm. and that we would be one in this two word phrase, just as just as Jesus and the Father are one. Now, the Father and Jesus are vastly different, and their ministries and expressions are vastly different. And mine and Jay's uh, gifts and talents and strengths and weaknesses are vastly different. But if we could have some percentage of, this, of the unity that Jesus has with the, with the, the rest of the Godhead, then this, we know that if that's happened, what, what does he say? He says, they'll know, they'll know that I'm real, that I'm the real deal. And they'll know that you belong to me. That's cool. If you can be one. And so um, it's just, it doesn't just happen. You've got to guard it. You've got to fight for it. But the church is worth fighting for. She's worth um, our best efforts. Yeah. And I have given um, the better part of my adult life to the church, which shocks me. I, I never liked the church before, uh, but but then once I uh, once I got in it, I wanted to fight for her, and 
she's worthy of my efforts and I know that Jay will fight for her too and bring her as a beautiful bride, even more radiant, um, presented to Christ. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I, yeah, I had the same thought, which I think most people would have is that Jesus's prayer. I mean, he could have prayed for a million different things in that moment. And uh, he prays for several things, but one of the things that's so critical in there uh, is highlighted in John 17 is, yeah, just like Steve said, that we would be one just as Jesus, the son and God, the father are one. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately, just how high of a bar of oneness that sets, you know, Um, I mean, there is, there's, there's no, there's no greater sort of oneness than that. And it it is a bar that's been set. Obviously we're imperfect and we stumble and, and fall along the way. Um, And we need God's grace and the power of the spirit moving. It's a supernatural oneness for sure. It's not something we can manufacture. We, We participate with God in the effort and we move in that direction, but then ultimately it's the spirit of God that binds us together in that way. Um, as we're faithful, you know, to the calling. And uh, yeah, for me, I I think a lot of it, I do think there is something to be said for, um, you know, uh, someone in Steve's position, sort of initiating the desire to do something like this, and to pursue oneness as we do it. And Steve and Dana both have done that. Um, at great expense, actually, you know, that, that most people listening to this, most people in our church have no idea, like, what sort of sacrifices they've made to make this happen by God's spirit in such a healthy way. And, uh, but I do, I know, I I know the sacrifices they've made um, emotionally, mentally, uh, in terms of resources, just everything, like people don't know, but I know. And, that's a, that's a profound example to me, not just of how to navigate transitions like this, but how to follow Jesus. You know, um, I think Christ calls us to do those things in every sphere of our lives. So for all of us listening, that, that's, a, that's a question. Where, where is it that Christ is asking me to sacrifice and lay things down for the, for the sake of oneness, you know, to be bound up together with others as the family of God in the midst of, as you said, Dave, in the midst of division and in polarization and disunity, how is God asking us to lay things down to pursue the oneness that he longs for us? Yeah. And Steve and Dana have just, they've modeled that in uh, profound and convicting ways for me. So my, my prayer is that I never forget that. I remember that and that I sort of honor that legacy by embodying that, by laying things down, you know, as, as we move into the future as well. Well, and, and, Thank you, Jay. That the 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 strategy in front of us. If we could just give me an opportunity just to give one last exhortation here. That is, the strategy in front of us is is that you've got till January 9th to ask your questions and to raise your concerns, to have dialogue with Jay and I or whoever you you need to talk to about this process. We have intentionally. We could have done the vote right away. But we've intentionally put some space between it because of the sake of unity. When we move forward, we're moving forward full bore. We're not not stepping back and giving Jay a chance to catch his breath. Bull, 
we're going. I mean, we're at it. And because we're at it, we need, we need all of us. And we need to be unified in the midst of that process. So get your questions answered. Um, get your concerns raised, whatever those might be. And then know that the, the elders have unanimously presented this, this man before you as the next lead pastor. I 100% wholeheartedly agree that that is the direction that we should go. Now let's vote this dude in with 100% of uh, which I know is unrealistic. Nobody ever votes anything at 100%, but let's do it. Let's get 100%. Let's, get, let's guard our unity and let's keep moving forward. Um, listen, the, the gates of hell will not prevail against Christ's church. Let's be that strong church that advances strongly and moves forward. It doesn't surprise me that Steve's putting his foot on the gas pedal. <laughs> I don't know if Steve knows any other way to drive. <laughs> I'm just, I'm super excited about what's around the corner. Me too. Me too. Well, guys, thanks for sharing this, a bit of your journey. And again, there's all, you guys have probably been talking about this ad nauseum with folks, uh, but it's just cool to see what God's done. And just, how I many like, like you said, Jay, how long this process really has been going on. And how long God's been knitting both your stories together and just leadership. And, and I, I get to be a part of it, too. I get to see it from, uh, obviously, I've been on staff with Steve and uh, Jay, you and I are friends. I've gotten to see this from behind the scenes. So I get to see. It's really cool. I 100% agree with you guys. I'm excited for what's next. And um, yeah, so I, I would just like to point out that I gave analogies of the sports world. And, and Steve, you went right to the Godhead Trinity as an analogy. So we're a good team. Nice balance. Good balance between us. All right. Well, thanks guys for your time and uh, look forward to what's next. Yeah. Just want to say thanks again to Jay and Steve for stopping by. But even more than that, for Jay and Steve for working th so hard to make sure this leadership transition goes well. It's, it's just cool to watch up close and personal. If you'd like more information about this, you can go to our website. Steve and Jay have made a video there. There's also a place where you can write in a question if you have a question about how things are going to work or um, leave a comment and an encouragement for Steve and Dana uh, on what they've meant for you. You can just go to westgatechurch.org and find that page right there. So I encourage you to go over there and do that. I know it'll mean a lot to Steve and Dana. And again, the congregational vote for those who are 640, um, those who are members of Westgate Church, happens January 9th. So um, I guess put that on your calendar. And uh, join us next week when we're going to be starting into the book of Matthew, looking at the story of Jesus in adorning the darkness. I read the other day that the easternmost tip of Maine which is the furthest east in the continental U.S. The other day, it actually got dark at 4 p.m. The sun set at 4 p.m. And later on in December, the sun is going to set at 3.37 p.m. I think we need to call Maine, and I think we need to check on those people and make sure they are okay. Because if I were there, I would not be okay. But the point is that um, it is a dark season, it's winter, and we put lights up to push back the darkness, and that's exactly what Christmas is about. Christmas is about God sending light into this world to push back the darkness. We're going to be diving into the book of Matthew to look at that in our new sermon series, Adorning the Darkness. We'll be back next week to talk through that, and it's the Christmas season. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want a lot for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. We'll see you next week.